morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. What a joy it is to be together. Well, we've been on a journey. If you've been with us, we've been on a journey to the cross. We've followed Jesus. We've followed the disciples. We've, we've been at some painful places. Friday night, we were at the most painful place. As we tried to imagine what Jesus experienced on that cross. And we tried to imagine and come to terms with the reality that it was my sin, my nails that put him there. But today we celebrate. We celebrate and we go from our journey to the cross and we're on a journey from the cross. And we're going to take you to the Emmaus Road and I want you to open up to or turn on your device or look on the screen or open up the app. There's all kinds of ways you can get there, but I want you to go to Luke 24. My name's Jason, by the way, one of the pastors here, and if I haven't got an opportunity to meet you today, I'd love to meet you out in the lobby after the service. Wherever you are on your journey today, I believe God has something for you. Luke 24. Verse 13, now that same day, two of them, two of Jesus' disciples, not the twelve, but two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that he had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? 
They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Would you pray with me? Father, we simply come to you this morning and we ask that your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning. I pray that my words are clear, that they're helpful, and they bring you glory and honor, and I ask that you burn off whatever doesn't do those things. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. It is true, the Lord has risen. He is risen indeed. How many of you grew up with the tradition where that was your Easter greeting? He is risen? He is risen indeed. Some of you, that's what you do on Easter morning. It's not Easter unless you have that greeting and and your heart and your mind are just flooded with the beauty of that truth. Others of you, maybe somebody drug you here this morning. And when you look back, that's just a tradition and you're like, that's a nice story, but I'm not so sure. Some of you, when you hear this word indeed, it's not a word we use all the time, but sometimes when you hear the word indeed, you think, let's be honest, (laughs) indeed.com. That's what you think about. And in my crazy mind, I'm thinking, is there a connection among all these? So I went to this thing called Google, and I did minutes and minutes of research, and I was just wondering... Perhaps the founder of Indeed was a follower of Jesus, and maybe he grew up, and maybe there's a connection between that. Wouldn't that be an awesome sermon illustration on Easter morning? I mean, we could put that on Instagram, and there would be tens and tens of followers. (laughs) So I started to do some research, and I discovered this, that there are... um, There's some Indeed commercials with these titles, New Beginning, The Rising. I thought, well, maybe there's something there. Wouldn't that be awesome? And then I kept researching and researching, and lo and behold, you know what I found? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) I don't think there's any connection. Maybe, maybe if I kept, maybe if I called, maybe, maybe it's there. But there wasn't any connection. And as I was reflecting upon that, that attempt to connect the dots, some of you this morning, if you're really honest with yourself and we really look deep down, you think this whole thing about the resurrection is trying to connect dots that don't really connect. Maybe some of you are there this morning. And in the next few minutes, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I can convince you all I want to share a few things, but I want to invite you to consider and be open to the possibility that it's true, that it's really true. Now, this word indeed, I love the word indeed, and the Greek in it is ontos, which simply means that which is true, 
reality in point of fact as opposed to that which is pretended, fictitious, false, and conjectural. Philosophers among us, it's uh, the root of the word ontology, which is a fancy way of uh, asking the same question that Pilate asked. What is truth? What is truth? Our claim as followers of Jesus stands or falls on what happened in that tomb. And we're going to talk about that today. And I want to invite you to consider this question, what if it's really true? What if it's really true? What if it's true indeed? And why does it matter? Well, there are three conclusions we can draw on. The first is this, if it's really true, the Bible is real and for you. The Bible is real and for you. In verse 27 of our passage, it says this, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Can you imagine being there for that Bible study? I try to imagine what that might have been like. What would that conversation like? Where did, where did Jesus start? Where did he start? Did he, did he go all the way back to the book of Genesis? And say, oh, he had this. But, you know, Jesus was present in the creation. He's eternal. Did he say something like, you know, I, I, I was there at the beginning, and we had this perfect Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and creation was perfect. And then Adam and Eve, they, they, they chose to go their own way and, and not obey you know, there was this curse, and things were going to get hard, and sin entered the world, but, but there was this little promise, this whisper that said, someday I will crush Satan, Genesis 3. Maybe he started there. Did he talk about Abraham and Isaac? Did he talk about the time when, when God commanded Abraham to, to take his one and only son, Isaac, the hill, and sacrifice him? And at the last minute, no, 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 no. Spare him. Spare him. The Lord will provide. And did he look forward to our Father, God the Father, sacrificing and not sparing his one and only son? Did he talk about Moses and the tabernacle and the temple and the, the holy of holies? And did he, did, did he point to the... the the curtain that was torn in two when Jesus was on the cross and he said it is finished and we now have access we don't have to sacrifice lambs and we don't have to go to high priest and we have direct access to God did he did he talk about that maybe he talked about Jonah who was three days in the belly of a fish just as Jesus would three days? Did he talk about the story of young David and five smooth stones and slaying Goliath courageously? And he say, hey, one day there would be another one who would come, who would defeat the power of sin and 
death and rescue all who believe in him. Did he, did he talk about that? And did he, Were they starting to grasp this? Because that's the gospel that Jesus <laughs> defeated that power of sin and death and rescues all who believe. What did he talk about? Did they talk about Isaiah's prophecy? That he would be pierced for our iniquities? That by his stripes we would be healed? And then there's this beautiful verse in 32. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? And open the scriptures to us. Let me ask you today, do your hearts burn within when you, you read the Bible and all these things start to come together? As Jesus at the center of the Bible, as one unified story that all points to Jesus. My friends, if the resurrection is true, the Bible's real. And it's true, and it's for you. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you on the night that he was betrayed? You can go to John 17 and read about that. Our next series is going to be about the prayers of Jesus. That's one that we'll talk about. But you're in the story. He invites us to be a part of his bigger story. The Bible is for you. He is interceding for you. He invites you into that story. If the resurrection's true, our second point is that Jesus is real and for you. Verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Jesus is real. Now, imagine that scene. Imagine the two coming back. Hey, we saw him. We really saw him. And the others say, yeah, we saw him too. We saw, and, and there's just this, and then I don't know, so are, are some of you like a little skeptical at times? I am. I'm like, well, maybe they imagined it. Maybe they had this just kind of, they're all together and they really, they really wanted it to be true. They really wanted it to be true. They wished it were true. And they just kind of had this warm fuzzy, this real sweet feeling that it's true. And then Jesus, here's what Luke describes. And Luke's the doctor, the investigator. He put this all together. Verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why no doubts rise in your mind? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? I think that's funny. <laughs> but he's saying, look, this isn't some spiritual thing. Yeah, it's real. Give me something to eat. I'm hungry. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. 
My friends, Jesus is real. He died. His disciples believed he died. He appeared to them. He appeared to all the deniers and the doubters. Right? We can name them. Peter and James. And later Paul, the one who was persecuting him. To Thomas who said, hey, show me the evidence. I want to see. So here's what I would say to you today. If you're going to reject Jesus, know what you're rejecting. That's a fair thing, right? Know what you're rejecting. Please be clear on it. You're not rejecting the hypocrisy of Jesus' followers. Anybody guilty? Okay. You're not rejecting the inadequacy and irrelevancy of Jesus' church. You're not rejecting the Jesus maybe you've read about or heard about on a podcast. You're rejecting the one who died on a Roman cross and rose. The one that tough-minded, skeptical people said, we saw him. We saw him alive. And Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 15, hey, he appeared to more than 500 million. They're still alive. Go ask them if you don't believe. That's what you've got to reject. That's what you've got to reject. You can take all the shots you want at the Bible, at the church. And here's another thing. You can... We can look at painful tragedies. We can look at hard things. Say, Why does God allow this? And If God's really good and really powerful, all these questions. You can ask me those questions and say, why does God allow this? And I might say something like, you know what? I, I really have no idea. I don't know. But this is what I do know. I know this because the resurrection is true. Because it's really true. Because it's true indeed. Jesus can answer those questions, not with some long philosophical deal, but because of that cross, because of his life in his death, what he experienced. Have you suffered physical pain? Jesus has. Have you been betrayed by a friend? Jesus has. Have you been abandoned by your father? Jesus has. There's nothing that, no pain we've experienced that he has not experienced. He understands. Have you lost a child? God the Father knows that. Jesus understands he's real, and he's for you. Paul says in Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If the resurrection is true, Jesus is real, and he is for you. Thirdly, if the resurrection is true, Life with God is real, and is it for you. Life with God is real and for you. Paul says this in his letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too 
might walk in newness of life. And then Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Life with God is real, and it is for you. Sometimes we have a hard time seeing that, though. I like the way Sky Jatani, in his book With, describes it. He says, those with an incomplete or tainted vision of God either want to use him or dismiss him. But when a clear, full, and rapturous view of God is presented, we will not settle for anything less than being with him. The complete vision of God and his character comes not from within us. We can't wish it to be true, but is gifted to us in Jesus, who, as the writer of Colossians says, is the image of the invisible God. Life with God is real, and it is for you. Now, let me break that down for you. What's that look like for you today? I believe we're all at different stages on the journey. As I look around this room, some of you are here, you are searching. That's how I would describe this phase of your life here. I can look around, I won't call you out by name, but I know some of you are here, you're like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to study in college? Who am I going to marry? Am I going to marry? Does God have somebody for me? What's my next step? I'm searching. Well, if the resurrection's true, Jesus is your guide. But more than that, he is your treasure. He is your treasure. Life with him is your treasure. Life with him is more valuable no offense to your spouse, but any spouse, any job, any career, life with him is the most important part of your search, both the destination and the journey. Some of you, uh, I was looking for a really elegant word to describe this stage, and this is what I came up with, grinding. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You are in the grind of life. You are in the grind of life. Got a picture of that this week. We got some family. I, I, let me just say, I'm really proud of our people. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of our congregation. Because we've got some folks here that are just grinding. They're working at it, and they're doing it for the right reason. Uh, Kim, who helps lead worship, and her husband, Adam, they got a bunch of kids, and they're just always serving and singing and just showing up. And, and Wednesday, we had a class, and uh, their little daughter, Jane, who just turned three, had a nasty fall in the bathroom. And, you know, just, it's hard. She's three, you kid, and takes care of her, comes back to class. And then I saw little Jane. She was in the, in, in the Easter egg hunt. 
And she, was, she had her game face on. She's all suited up. She had like this, I think it was a unicorn or some kind of costume with a point. I mean, she was ready. Sharp elbows. But they're grinding. And you know what? Little Jane's going to grow up and she's going to say, you know what? My parents, they worked at it and they grinded. And you know what they did it for? They did it for Jesus. Amen? So when we're grinding, Jesus is your strength, yes, but more than that, he is your purpose for grinding. He is your why. My warning to some of you is, I, maybe, are you grinding for the right things? I'm old enough to see families that, who have not done that, and they put the grind on some other focus. And that doesn't end well. Because when you're grinding and you're pursuing other things, eventually those things are going to fade. Sports, success, whatever it is, it's going to fade. Get on the right grind. Because there's nothing like your relationship with your kids when Jesus is at the center. Nothing like a marriage when Jesus is at the center. Nothing like a friendship when Jesus is at the center. Because all other pursuits are going to fade. Some of you are carrying. You're carrying, and you're carrying the weight. Weight of leading something, weight of caring for people. Maybe you've got older parents and young kids, and you just got a combination of things that you are carrying. Well, if the resurrection's true, Jesus is the one who will carry what you can't. He will do that. And he's also the one who said this. Look, come to me, <laughs> all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. The burden of following Jesus is light. It is light. Some of you are finishing. You're finishing. God's had you on one assignment and you are finishing up that assignment. Some of you, you're finishing up your assignment here on earth. That's just reality. You're finishing. I was talking, again, I'm so proud of, proud of you. I, I was talking to one of our members and she's probably in that stage and she was just blunt with me. She said, you know, she said, Jason, I think I, you know, I may have another 10 years left and I want to maximize it. So, she, you know, she's mentoring this 20-something-year-old gal and they're just a beautiful thing. And I'm like, that's what I want to be when I'm in that. I don't know. Who knows what the clock's going to knows? Who knows the number of our days, right? But if the resurrection is true, if it's really true, Jesus is the one who will give you what you need to finish what he's called you to do. And he will be with you all along the way. And 
This life is not the end of the journey. Now, let me ask you this morning, what stage are you walking through today? Some of you may say, I'm a little bit in all four. Single, married, young, old, we're, we're in different places. So why does the resurrection matter? Let me take you back to Emmaus for just a moment. The disciples, now think about this. The disciples were leaving Jerusalem for Emmaus. But why? Why, why were they going to Emmaus? Well, Luke doesn't tell us. Maybe they were just going home. Maybe they were just going home. Perhaps they were simply on their way back home. But their journey following Jesus had, had ended. And it was time to go back. They were going back to what they knew before Jesus. Here's another thing about Emmaus. 200 years before this, Emmaus was the place of a great battle. Did you know this? A guy named Judas Maccabeus, great leader of the Jewish people. Have you seen the movie Braveheart? Or the Patriot? Okay, picture Mel Gibson. This is Judas Maccabeus. I mean, there's this, you know, the, the evil Syrian empire is there, and Judas Maccabeus leads this revolt. And then they're outnumbered two to one, and he's victorious, and by the strength of the Lord and the courage that he, there's victory. I just wonder, as they were walking back to Emmaus, did they say, this guy Jesus, he didn't meet our expectations. He didn't live up to what we thought. Now, if the resurrection's true, we don't need a Hollywood Jesus. We need the real Jesus. The one who lived, the one who rose, and the one who is with you. So this morning, I don't know, I just have a sense that there's a, there's a part of this in some of you this morning that says, you know what, I've got a choice to make today. I can continue to step towards my unmet expectations of Jesus. I can continue to maybe in disappointment go on that path that says, Jesus, you didn't do what I asked you to do. I don't feel right about this journey. My circumstances are not where I want them to be. I don't feel right about it. Or I can take a step towards the real Jesus the one who died for you, the one who is real, and the one who rose to prove that it is all true, and he is with you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and we say thank you that it's true. Thank you that this beautiful story is true, and I simply pray that you're Holy Spirit would guide each one of us and lead us in our next step. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.